This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. You know, out in Nevada near the silver mines, there's a kind-hearted woman. She's looking so fine, always taking care of her community, bringing folks together is her cup of tea. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. Hey, it's about town, Deb with City Talk, a.k.a. Debbie McCarthy. You know what's funny? I'm just going to say this because I had this interview and they kept saying, like, introduce yourself. And I'm like, um, Debbie McCarthy, about town, Deb, about town, Deb, Debbie McCarthy. So... I guess I'm both, but I'm just happy to be here with you as Debbie McCarthy and About Town Deb. Um, right here today, I'm at home. Normally, I'm at the National Automobile Museum. So I'm excited to be back in my home studio. And of course, we have um, Christian behind the scenes with phoenixmedia.us. And I want to thank our sponsors. Without them, we would not be able to do our show. So we want to thank Crystal Basin Sellers. We want to thank Home NV and Family Hope Project. Wild River Grill, and as always, Surratt Law Practice, which it was Kim Surratt's birthday this weekend. So I was able to go with Jazzy Georgia to a beautiful barbecue and celebrate. It's so nice when you can celebrate with your sponsors. It really it just makes you feel like you're all family. So normally we um, catch up with what a busy week or not a busy week. I had a busy week. So Grabs Gives um, is a pr- local pr- credit card processing and every year they do this amazing gala for all the, the businesses who use the services, for the sponsors, and for the volunteers. And I got to tell you, they raised for the whole year with every every transaction from all of the um, local businesses who use the processing, they raised $50,000. I mean, incredible. And that's being divided up between the local nonprofits I think there's like 13 of them. So when you join them, you get to pick your two. So I um, was just very excited to be there. Beautiful entertainment, music, curricular. Thank you. You really did a beautiful job and your whole team. Then the next night we had TEDx. I don't know if you're familiar with the TED Talks. Well, this is our local TEDx Reno. And you might be hearing my gardener. So sorry about that. It's keeping it real. Um, so we got to go to the VIP dinner and meet all the amazing speakers and the heart of the worker bees. And I want to give a shout out to Design on Edge because they did all the um, the marketing and the graphics and they just worked their little tails off. So thank you, Design on Edge. And I was also included with Getaway, um, not Getaway, yeah, Getaway Reno Tahoe with the um, the biggest little bites pass. So lots of fun then. And um, then whew, before that, we had a busy week getting some new wine venues for About Town Deb and Crystal Basin Wine. So if any of you in the near future are at the John, well, the Nugget and Sparks, um, Anthony's Chop House is incredible and they're going to have it. And um, we're also, they're going to have Crystal Basins and the Midtown's Wine and Spirits Bar is going to have three of Crystal Basin wines and Record Street Brewing took on some Crystal Basins as well as About Town Deb. So um, locally, it's going to be, I think we have 20 locations where you can enjoy a beautiful glass of wine. And then online, you can go to abouttowndeb.wine 
and it'll be shipped right to your door. And when you purchase the About Town Deb brand through Crystal Basin, we donate a portion to Northern Nevada Children's Cancer Foundation. Whew. So that was my week. And our guest today, I really, I, Jen, I, I really need Jen. She'll be on the next segment. I got to tell you, I'm just going to give my quote right now because it totally makes sense when you see her or hear her. If you organize your kitchen, you can organize your life um, by Lewis Parrish. And I got to tell you, I am the first one to say my kitchen is not organized. I'm the one where you open the drawers and the pans fall out or you try to find a lid and you can't find the lid or the dishes stay in the dishwasher and you take them out of there. I need help organizing my kitchen and my life. So Jen is, um, I'm going to let her tell a little bit about herself, but um, we're going to be talking about trans transforming your kitchen and your career. And um, like I say, Jen is incredible and I can't wait for you to listen to her tips. And I'm gonna give you one other quote because this is all, I really need this right now. <laughs> Kitchens are made for bringing families together. So I think we really need, we need to take more time to have that dinner with our families. I mean, I'm single, but um, I love to go to friend's house and you invite friends over. But I think being there for each other taking that time, whether it's a lunch or a coffee meeting, just catch up with somebody and say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I really feel like now more than ever, we need to be connected. Um, so please make a point today, if you can, to pick up the phone and call that somebody who you haven't called and just say, hey, you know what? I miss you. And how you doing? And the other thing you could do, I love to do when you get it, you know, it's summertime and you go to barbecues. I love to be be the one that's the dishwashing girl. So since we're just talking about kitchens, I'm just throwing this out there. I love it when number one, you, you bring like the host a gift. And number two, I think it's important that when you're there, you actually, you know, help pick up the plates so that when everybody leaves, the host isn't there with a stack of dishes. So um, there's another tip that those are my two tips. Bring a host's gift, help them with the cleanup. And um, you'll be invited back. <laughs> it's really important. Even if they tell you no, kind of make sure, you know, give them a say, hey, are you sure? I really want to do this or just stop picking up, but not too early. Because if you pick up too early, then the guests start to leave and that's not good. So I'm not sure we got to, I have to Google what's the appropriate time to start picking up at a party and we'll let you know on that. So um, you are going to enjoy Jen. She's going to be here in our next segment. She's gorgeous. She's an entrepreneur. She, um, left the corporate world and she has a beautiful little girl and she's just branching out her wings and she's helping her community and she's just incredible. Um, so before I go to break, I want to remind you guys that you can follow us at, at about town Deb. Um, you can go to your favorite podcast formats and look up city talk about town Deb. Um, you can go on Facebook about Town Dev and Instagram. And I would love to hear what you would like us to talk about because you are why we are here. So it is just about time for break. You're going to love Jen. Like I said, it is about Town Dev with City Talk and I'm recording from my home studio today. So I'll see you in the next segment. Now more than ever, family matters and Surratt Law Practice has your family in mind. 
Kimberly Surratt and her team have been helping maintain healthy families through their holistic approach to adoption and surrogacy, child custody, estate planning, and more for over 13 years. Your family law concerns are in caring hands with Surratt Law. Schedule your private consultation with a compassionate Surratt Law practice team member today by calling 775-636-8200 or visiting lawyersforfamilies.com. Surratt Law, where family matters. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now back to the show. And welcome back to City Talk. I'm your host, Debbie McCarthy. Man, I am so sorry if I was rambling on the first segment. I have so much stuff I wanted to get out, and I did forget one thing, and I don't want to forget it, because Hall and Rye Plastic Surgeon in Reno, Nevada, they have been helping me with Botox and skincare, and I couldn't be more grateful, so I got to do a, um, a testimonial video, and I have one more segment to go on that where they're going to follow me out and about, but I just want to give a shout out to um, Chris Stanton. Amazing, amazing job um, with the filming. I can't wait. And there were two other clients who had some work done and their stories are incredible. So when it does come out, I will be sure to share it with you. But I just want to say thank you. I feel it's important to say thank you. Now, drum roll, please. I am so excited to introduce you to our amazing guest. It is Jen. Oh, Pen- Pennifer. I say it right? They say it right? Pelfini. 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 I don't know. You know what? You should. It's it's a Debbie thing. I do it on every show. Maybe it's just going to be an outtake role of everybody's names. I do. It's been a crazy week, and you know we had some issues with the internet, so we switched, and we're all switching our schedules. So I'm a little bit off because I'm in my home studio, and we all have busy days. But this is the perfect time for Jen to be here. Just so you know. So Jen, I would love you to share a little bit about yourself and how you went from the corporate world to Reno, Nevada, mom, and starting your own business and how you are helping all of us who are stressed out and need help with their kitchens and maybe organize their lives at the same time. So I'm going to give you the floor. Okay, great. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here, Deb. Um, I just am really passionate about transformation and adapting to changes in your life. And I've certainly had a lot in mind. Um, starting with, um, I spent 20 years in California. I relocated for a job in the height of the dot-com. It's pretty crazy. And then from then, my career just kind of bumped from place to place wherever I, you know, could move up, could make, could um, improve my career, improve my opportunities. And uh, my career was my top priority in my life for a long time. So I spent 27 years in technology and other industries, and I worked just all the time. So I didn't really have good work-life balance. Um, and I kind of was that type of person that whoever I worked for was the was my my loyalty was 100,000 percent with them. And that became my brand. That became who I was. It became my identity. And it really just consumed my life. Um, and uh, I didn't at the time understand the importance of developing my own um, brand and um, who I was as a person, because these companies I worked for, a lot of them are just big and powerful and amazing, amazing opportunities I had. I traveled the world. I sat at the desks of, you know, before the desks of many CEOs and CXOs that I can't even begin to tell you. Um, and I watched uh, technology literally change every single day and was part of that. So it was a really exciting time. 
But when I met my husband, um, I uh, just, we were both, he was kind of powerhousing it too in the Bay Area. We were both working all the time. And um, when we got married, we decided that we wanted to have a child and we were older and we knew that that would mean significant changes for us or we would have to adjust around it. For me, that meant if I was going to go through all this effort to finally want to have a child, then I would become a stay-at-home mom, um, which I was totally 1,000% up for. It's always what I dreamed of. I always wanted to be a mom. It was always on my heart. So it was really easy for me to commit to not going back to the corporate world for a while and jumping full, you know, heads down into becoming a mom. So that's what I did. Um And I did that for about a year and a half, two years full time. We actually relocated to Reno, which was kind of crazy. We were in the Bay Area. We were pregnant. We were like, let's just move, change our whole lives, retire from our careers and start all over. That's literally what we did. And we didn't know know anybody in Reno. So I met you. Yeah. Yeah. You were new to Reno, correct? Did you just move here and we were getting our nails done? I mean, it's such... And we're just sitting across. We go, oh, here's my card. Here's what you do. Here's my card. And a little, like, whatever that saying is, no, to be no, I don't know where to say that. Here we are um, at the same networking stuff. And now you're on my show. So yeah. it goes to say, you never know who you're sitting next to. And I am so honored um, to have you here. I do want to go back on a comment you said, because I think it's really important. Yeah. You were mm-hmm. saying that each company you were with, you became their brand. Your face, yeah. your talent was their brand. So I can say, because I always keep it real, I had the brand of, you know, you know, Debbie right out of high school. And then I worked for Lockheed. So I focused on Lockheed. So I represented my department. And then um, I went on to um, move to Nebraska and work for a couple parishes. Well, I became Parish Life Debbie. I mean, that was me. I was I wasn't about Tom Deb. I wasn't Debbie McCarthy. I was Parish Life Debbie. And then, you know, it, each thing I did, no matter what, I had a title that was for them that I helped them. And then when I became my dad, I was giving Debbie. So it was, I always felt like there was something I, which I love. And now I finally have my brand that is solid about town Deb. So I feel like it, it's, if you're listening out there, you don't want to get in that mix where you give so much of yourself that you lose yourself. And I did lose myself. Mm-hmm. So I am so grateful to be around so many incredible community members in our community that help build us up, such as e-women. Um, there's plenty of, you know, um, networks for us to join. So I, mean, I, I just wanted to share that. I just want people to know, please be your true self and it's going to be just fine. So okay. True. So then you got to Reno. Well, that is, that is so true. I just want to comment on that because that is critically important. And that was something that happened to me that I was not expecting. I lost my job in 2006. And with it, I lost myself. And it would turn out that I would lose my job four more times after that and have to rebuild myself up. But in 2006, something went inside of me of saying, build your own brand. I watched this. uh, It was a video or I can't remember back then. Maybe it probably was an email or blog post from Tom Peters that said, the brand is you. And I built my own personal brand called Rejuvenate Marketing. And that was the brand that I would go out with and tell people that I market and here's how I market. And what does Rejuvenate Marketing mean to me? It means rethink refresh, renew, rethink at what you're looking at, refresh it and get it back out there. I'm great at launching, branding things, stuff like that. So that became my personal business and my personal brand. And I will tell you that each of the times that I lost my job five times, one time devastatingly so that I bought a car the night before I lost my job the next day and took all my money out of the bank. 
I literally oh. had nowhere to live because San Francisco was super expensive. And I had to go, I lived in a, a dear friend of mine's Airbnb place and helped manage it for him. And like the only thing that got me out of bed was definitely God and living in an Airbnb place. But I had to start all over so many times. But if I didn't have that personal brand and that belief in myself and um, to keep me going, um, because I associated myself with those brands so tightly that I would introduce myself as I work for, like instead of saying this is who I am. And women especially get caught in that because we are struggling in the workplace to establish ourselves and to make ourselves relevant. And I will tell you, most of my career, I was usually the only girl sitting in the room and um, in, you know, big dinners in Texas. And I mean, so many things, that's a whole other podcast. But, um, but what I realized was if I don't build myself up, then I have nothing when I take away my job. And when I moved to Reno and I became a stay-at-home mom, I just jumped into that. And it was natural for me to feel like I needed to lead everything. I was like, what am I going to lead? What am I going to drive? What am I going to do? And then I was like, okay, Jen, you don't have to lead anything. You just have to join these mom groups, show up with your baby. People will let you in because you have a baby. You're like golden card in. <laughs> you are in the group. You know how that is when you have a child. I know. Like, I, that's welcoming to you. I met my neighbors true. at the pool. Everybody wanted to do stuff with me because I had a baby. And, um, <laughs> but what I, but, but what I found is in the middle of the pandemic that I needed to identify myself again, not just as a mom, but as a person who still wanted to do more. And I didn't know what that was. So my natural affiliation was go back, find a job. And it terrified me because I knew that the person I was in the corporate world was not the person I wanted to be as a mom. I made a decided shift and I wanted to stay true to myself. And it was so easy to get lured back into the brand, the money, the everything that a corporate job gives you. But I knew that part of that, and I say, I don't say this very lightly, does take away from your soulfulness. And I wanted to make sure that whatever I was going to be associated with or whatever I would do would represent me as Jen Marie, the brand and who that was and what I cared about. So, so, um, so who is, who is Jen Marie? And, and, a, and a, we have two minutes left. So, so just tell me a few words that describe yourself. That's a tough uh, one. Well, it, well, for sure, I do, I do represent my original brand, Rethink, Refresh, Renew. I come from a place of transformation and efficiency, and I think that way. So the original brand that I spent the time on, the effort, the, the personal time in in 2006 when I first lost my job to build that out, does represent me. It's evolved over time to focus on the things that I'm passionate and I care for. So I spend my time with, for example, I work with communications with the Diocese of Reno. It's something I'm passionate for. I spend my time with Pampered Chef because I am passionate for the kitchen and of kitchen efficiency. And I know that there's things that you can do in your kitchen that will make a difference because I had things that weren't making a difference. So those are the kinds of things that I spend my time and focus on. And they really do represent my original brand of Rethink, Refresh, Renew. Um, and it just became to just evolve from that. You know, my my top level brand I'm working on where all these things will come from. But right now it's Jen Marie for Jen Marie for Jen Marie Cuisine and Rejuvenate Marketing for my um, Ray Consulting practice. Those are the things that I love to do for the people I love to do them for. Well, 
I got to tell you, I think that's incredible. And I, if you're listening out there, whether you're a man or a woman, honestly, you can do this. You can refresh, rethink. You could, you could do it all. And if you need help with it, I'm sure Jen would be happy to help you. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to continue the conversation. Um, I do have some fun kitchen tips, some funny things, but Jen is going to go back and maybe dig deeper into how it's connecting the kitchen. I'm curious about that. Be right back. It's about time to have a city talk. said come on let's have some fun with the about town deb my town your town or any town this is about town deb presents city talk now back to the show and welcome back to city talk i'm your host debbie mccarthy we have jen here with us and if you are listening we really i cannot say it enough be your own brand be yourself and you're gonna be the best you can be you don't need to be what somebody else wants you to be you can do it and if you need help you reach out. It is okay to ask for help and support. But now I need help. So I'm going to reach out to Jen right now <laughs> because I'm curious how the whole kitchen component became into her story. And um, in case you missed the quote, I, you didn't get to hear this, Jen. So I am going to say it again because you will enjoy it. If you organize your kitchen, you can organize your life. <laughs> Lewis Parrish. And my kitchen is not organized and my life is not organized. And I go from minute to minute. And when somebody says, what did you do yesterday? I'm like, I don't know. I got to look on Facebook. It's like crazy. Like I'm so go, go, go that I never can remember or enjoy what happened. So maybe I can work on my kitchen and it'll help my organizational skills out of the kitchen. So it's all yours. So how I got into the kitchen was necessity. I had a toddler in my house and it was the pandemic and I started cooking a lot and I was honestly watching all those cooking shows and I was getting really depressed because those cooking shows <laughs> are there's, by the way, there's about 20 assistants that help you with a cooking show. Cause I've cooked live to know that it is chaotic. It is crazy and it is messy. And um, I'm okay with mess. Cause I believe that creativity is messy and it's okay to get messy to get a good result just have a good time doing it. So I was in the kitchen and I was becoming the angry chef and a short order cook. And then um, I needed to change it. So I watched. So my inspiration moment was I watched Michael Simon and he cooked in his own kitchen for 52 days during the pandemic and recorded it with an iPhone. And it was real. He was a chef, mind you, but it was real. And he taught me to get back to basics. Like what he taught me was you need to stop thinking about the eight course recipes you need to make and figure out what's in your pantry and how to make it work for you. And so I started thinking about different things differently. You couldn't get eggs during the pandemic. You couldn't get chicken sometimes. So you had to think about what do I have in my pantry? What do I have in my house that I could change? And then the more I started using my own products in the kitchen, I started realizing they were incredibly efficient, inefficient, and I was spending a lot more time in the kitchen than I probably needed to. I attended a Pampered Chef party on a whim. I needed a pot that my husband was like, that's way too much money to spend on La Crusade. You're not doing it. And I got it for free. I hosted a party. I decided I was going to jump right in and just, um, I had a cooking blog since, two, since 2014, one of the previous times I lost my job. And it just sort of came to me that this was what I needed to do. I heard a message like five days morning. I woke up five days in the morning with a message saying, this is for you, you need to do it. And I truly believe that's a calling that God gives you that tells you like you need to do something, you need to listen to it. So I jumped in having no plan. I digress, but it's really important as it's a part of my story of how I got to where I truly believe that this was something that I didn't have any idea how I would do it, but I would do it. So I started swapping out my kitchen products 
because I would earn them for free through Pampered Chef. I had, I had incredible success right away. And um, I would compare them to my existing product. I would, before I would get rid of something, I would put it on the shelf and I would look at it and I would use it and I would compare one to one. And what I found was that every single time the new products were beating the old and that the products they thought were great were not great. And so what it taught me brings up the topic of how to organize your kitchen. The number one thing, and I wrote a blog post on this, I'd be happy to share with anybody, is that you need to start doing inventory in your kitchen one to twice, one time, at least a year. But you twice if you can do it, not when you move, because that's when everyone does it. They move and then you do inventory and you get rid of stuff because you need to understand the functionality of what it is that you have. You only have so much space in your kitchen. And I talk about this thing, historical space. You have, you need to have historical space. You have that plate from grandma you can never get rid of. You have that pot that someone gave you that you have to keep forever. It doesn't matter if you use it or not. Yeah. It's respecting the space that you have for the things that you need to have because you you can't part with them. Understandable. The rest of that space, you need to rip that stuff out, put it on the counter and start looking at it. And you need to ask yourself some certain questions about it, about how it's working for you. And I'm happy to go through those if you want to hear what they are. <laughs> well, I, I would love you to, to give us a few examples of the question. You know how like they yeah. say when you're moving... Um, is this for the goodwill? Do I keep it? Do I give it away? Do I throw it away? What are the main questions? If I were to open my cabinets right now and put everything on a counter and all over the kitchen, what would be the questions I would ask myself? This is my method. So I think you need to ask yourself, okay. is it functional? Is it functional? First of all, does it even work? Okay. If it's melted, if it's grizzled, if it's, you know, if it's, um, if it's rusted, you need to like, or the pans all scratched with a Teflon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hopefully, That's yeah, a big hopefully deal. You don't have pans like that in your house. And hopefully if you don't have pans they like do. that in your house, because you need to seriously get rid of those because they're unsafe and they're toxic. Um, do you use it and do you love it? Like, do you use it? You go grab it and you're like, I love this thing. Or do you pick it up and go, this thing that was here since Thanksgiving, here I am pulling out next Thanksgiving. Why do I still have it? And then it goes back in the drawer because someone else is cleaning up your kitchen on Thanksgiving. And the next Thanksgiving, you pull it out again. And um, does it make cooking or baking better for you or harder? I'll give you a good example of this. I had a griddle that I would swear by. It was a double-sided griddle. One was for one was a griddle and one was a grill. And every time I would make pancakes, I would cry because my pancakes would stick. But I wouldn't get rid of that griddle because I didn't have another griddle. And I would use it. And the reason I know this is when I got my new griddle that was actually nonstick and safe and amazing. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can make pancakes in like 10 minutes versus an hour and a half and not have to throw them half of them away. Like, but it's in your kitchen. It's in your space. You use it. I mean, it, it's it, it's what we do. And then the last thing is, when is the last time I use it? And this goes to your historical space. You're going to have those things that you need to keep. But you need to be to think about those things that you're keeping just to keep them that are taking up space that you could be putting something else better in it. Um, so those are so my questions. You, then we can dig in a little bit deeper based on your responses. Well, I, I want you to go back to the one that where you have it because it was your grandmother's, your mom's, it has something mm -hmm. special. I mean, I have like China dishes that were my grandmother's that my mom and dad gave me and they're up in the cupboard and they're all nice. And then I have a whole like platters and I have some stuff from like, like years and years ago and they're cool and they could be an antique one day when they have bad memories for my family members. So they're all like stuck in a corner, but every time I want to get a platter, I got to go through all, I got to go through them all. So it's a pain in the butt. 
but I don't want to get rid of them. So how, I mean, what would I do with them? I mean, put them in a whole you different don't space get, in the house yeah. and never, not, well, and never here's look at what them I think about that. Here's what I think about that. And I have a lot of historical space in my house because um, our mother, my, my husband's mother passed away and she had a full house of everything. We went through a very difficult process of deciding what to keep and what to use. And this is what I told my husband. I said, if it's in a box or if it's in the back of a, ca a cabinet and we're never going to use it, we need to make sure that we give it to somebody that will use it because we are not going to pass on what we are holding on to, to our daughter to have that responsibility. However, I will say this, if you have China and if you have those platters, I truly believe that you should be taking them other places and you should get, be getting them out of the cabinet and be using them because what are we saving them for? It makes no sense. Yes, they're paying you to clean, but if you have them and you love them so much, you should be having your best girlfriends over for dinner and using them. You should not be just saving them for special occasions and you should be that like bringing them other up. places <laughs> and sharing them. Yeah, totally. Well, you and, know what? I and love where that. To put them. I love so I love that idea. Um, every Easter, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, all the holidays, I all I go over to um, um, some close friends, and they have about fifteen to twenty of us, and we're all like misfits, who, you know, who need somewhere to go, and they use their their grandmother's plates, and every we all of us know they're gorgeous, and they're the old, you know, they're china and they're beautiful, and. I am usually the one that takes on the task of doing dishes. We talked in the first segment. I said, honestly, when you go, when you're being hosted, you should bring number one, something ask, what can I bring, bring a hostess gift or bring whatever you think they would like, but stay and help clean up because it's such a bummer when you're hosting and the next morning, everybody's had fun and they leave and you're like, okay. And having the China, so she's finally, um, so Peggy's finally like, okay, fine, Deb. She used to get mad. Stop doing like, I don't care. So everybody's eating and I'm like finishing dishes and I get to touch each of these China dishes and wash them carefully and, you know, dry them. And I feel like they're doing it right because we all this, it's just a memory for us. Now we know we get to share their dishes when we're there for the holidays and it's their, it was their moms. I mean, like um, grandma Rose, who would have been 102, um, if she was still here. So yes, I agree with you. I might actually do that. I may take them out. And next time I have somebody over, I will use them. Oh, that's kind of scary. I love, I, I, <laughs> I, I love, I love that. And you know, the gift that you say about helping people clean up, that is a great gift, by the way. Um, it, from, I think it's from important. That entertains a lot. It's really, you know, I, I always say the best, my favorite holiday is usually the day after because in the day I'm, and this is something I'm personally working on for myself. I'm so doing so many things that I can't uh, often enjoy it. And so I've stripped away. I've learned, especially being a mom, that I do not need to make 10 dishes from scratch and I don't need to be serving everybody all the time. So I am looking for, I am, I like to say the queen of efficiency now. I'm looking how, how I can get in and get out of the kitchen quickly. And I'm going to tell you, products do make a difference. And, um, you know, going back to our inventory part of it, you know, when you, when you don't have positive responses to what I asked, uh, those questions I asked, you should dig a little deeper. If you didn't have it, what would you do? How would it happen? And can you do the task without it? Do you need to replace it? And is there a better or different way to do it? And I'm going to give you examples of better and different way to do things, starting with how to organize your kitchen and what is on your countertops. Um, countertops, I know people have their opinions on countertops, but if you're a family and you have kids, it's okay to have things on your countertop. 
it's okay to be efficient in your kitchen and have things showing. It's not like a shameful thing. I know a lot of people that have beautiful, amazing, clean countertops. And it's funny. I was looking through my pictures last night. I have this picture of someone was like, how many days do you think your countertops going to be clean? I'm like, probably until tonight because we are cooking. We are using our kitchen and we need stuff accessible. Think about where you put things. We tend to move and I'm, I'm known for this. I put that glass there. If that glass is not there and you put it somewhere else, I'm going to be like, where's the glass? Like it needs to be right there. But when it comes to appliances and utensils, you need to think about functionality. Okay, one second. It's time for a quick break. We come back, we're going to continue with appliances and utensils. And it's okay to not have a perfectly countertop that's empty because I'm trying to do that. So about time Deborah City Talk, we'll be right back. Ready to help from her toes to her head. Just give her a shout. Call about town, Deb. My town, your town, or any town. This is about, about town, town, Deb presents City Talk. Now back to the show. And welcome back to City Talk. I'm about town, Deb. Debbie McCarthy, your host. This is our final segment. And I'm learning so many tips. Not that I really want to use these tips because I'm afraid to open those <laughs> cabinet doors. And I know I have, as we talked about, I have pans. I have the pans that I first got when I got married at my shower. And that would have been over 50. Well, I'm divorced now, but it would have been like 53, 53 years ago. So I still have some of those pieces. I have my parents silverware and I do use that because they, I took my dad in as a caregiver. So I brought his dishes in. So I, I do, I do use that kind of stuff, but I know um, appliance wise, if I don't use it, I, well, I've stuck it in a cupboard. Now it's taken up room in the cupboard and I haven't used it. So yes, I do need, I, I need to take a weekend and follow your tips. What I want to get into is um, you were talking about um, your, your work environment, your family, and then the kitchens and how, how have you transgressed starting being the businesswoman in the Bay area to mom, pamper chef, cooking, probably a bigger kitchen. How did you make that transition? So if you're listening out there and you're in that realm now where you are downsizing or you're becoming a mom and you have this beautiful kitchen, how do you like know what to have and how did you transition? So that's interesting because it was a lot of transition. It was like, and it was also like a, an acceptance transition too. Cause like when I lived in San Francisco and I was a corporate woman traveling all over and single, I would host dinner parties where I would make seven to 10 dishes from scratch. And I would cook for like two wow. days for them. They'd be perfect. I loved it. It was like, and, and I was, I was also a cooking snob. I wouldn't make anything that didn't have like eight or less, eight or more ingredients, like just crazy. Cause I could do that. Cause I didn't have any interruption in the kitchen if I was cooking and I really enjoyed it. Fast forward wow. to becoming a mom. I don't have that kind of time. I don't have that patience. And I don't have that <laughs> kind of energy. So I had a I had a reprogram um, reprogram how I was thinking about how I felt emotionally attached into the kitchen because for me before that it felt like if I did more it made me feel better about myself like this attachment emotional attachment with the more I did the better I felt about myself. And I had to let that go because that really wasn't what it was about. It was about bringing joy into people's lives. And so I say my mission is to bring joy into your kitchen. It always has been that. Now it's into your kitchen, not just my kitchen. And when I became a mom, I realized that I needed to have joy in my kitchen. And for me to have joy in my kitchen, I needed to focus on efficiency and making the very best healthy food that I could 
um, and making sure that um, knowing that I'm not a planner, like when I had these gorgeous dinner parties, I would plan for days and have a spreadsheet and like whatever. Wow. I still do spreadsheets for the holidays. Oh my gosh. Spreadsheets for the holidays. Spreadsheets for the holidays are great. I'm just going to say it. They help you organize. Um, but everyday cooking, it's 4.30 and I have frozen chicken. Like I am not a really good planner. So I needed to have utensils and tools that would make that easy. And I'm going to say it is a lot about appliances that make it easy. And it's really hard to know in the marketplace what a really good appliance is. So when I started the move to Pampered Chef, I tested all my marketplace expensive appliances to them. And time and time again, they beat them. They were better. They were more efficient. They were safer, 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 safer. They were safer. They had better safety features for children on them that they couldn't operate them. They couldn't turn them on or they couldn't start them. Those things shifted in my, in my kitchen mentality. I didn't need to have the chef's things. I needed to have the really good things that would make things efficient for me. And the other thing that changed was where I put things in the kitchen. And this goes back to our inventory thing. When we get an appliance, we, some people, some people just leave it in the box. You have to take it out of the box. But in order for you to take it out of the box, you have to feel comfortable using that. So make sure what you're buying is going to provide you with how to use it efficiently and effectively so you could feel good about it. Because I know way too many people that don't take their appliances out of the box or are terrified to use them. And that's one thing I loved about my work with Pampered Chef too, is they gave me a user guide. I can make something right away and be successful. So back to placement. Make sure you place your appliances in places that are going to make sense. For example, I had my bl my blender like in a deep, dark corner and it was hard to get to. So I wouldn't use it as much. We use the blender all the time. We make smoothies. We make soups. We make so Sorry, many things. Did you say that again? Sorry, that was Siri. I don't know <laughs> Technology, I don't Siri. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I moved it and then it made more sense to where I moved it to. Same with my knives. My knives are always like readily accessible so I can reach them. My utensils are accessible so I can reach them. So think about where you place things on your counter or in your kitchen and your use of it will become more obvious when you can see it. Here's another rule of thumb. When you get a new appliance, try to make two to three recipes in it right away or two to three things in it right away so you can feel comfortable for it. Keep it on the counter for like three to five days so that you see it, so that you can start imagining all the different ways you're going to use it so that you get it out of the box and it doesn't get put pushed back and never used. Um, so many people waste their appliances when they could be really helping them a lot more in their kitchen. I, I'm, I'm one of those that um, puts it back in the box. And I think <laughs> I that has to do, that has to do with um, growing up because Nana and Papa, they would like, they'd have their blender and they always put it in the box. Like not the, I mean the hand mixer. So they would always put it back in the box just the way. So I would get it out, open the box, <clears throat> hook it up. And now I just, I do it. It's just out of the open, but it's still on, on the bottom. And then it gets pushed back. So I got to get on the floor, open the counter, try to push it out, push something over. And it's a pain in the butt. So I think I'm just not used to keeping, I thought the counter had to be clean. You know, like not, it's clean, but not a lot of stuff. So it is a pain. I'll decide not to make a smoothie if I have to go get the thing out. So now it's on the counter. But I totally agree with you, especially somebody who I'm out and about a lot. So I don't cook at home. But when I do decide to cook, it's always like all I need is a pan and this. I don't cook fancy stuff. But if I had the time, I would probably. I think I would venture out and try at least once a month to try to, you know, cook something healthy and cook something nice and share it. I need to work on that. Uh, so having children in the kitchen, let's talk a little bit about that. 
lead by example? All the, <clears throat> yeah. Well, the reason that I brought that I did decide to do this business, number one reason, reason is I wanted to be able to do something that my daughter, I didn't want her to see me as the person I was before I had her because she was tough. She was hardcore. She was a survivalist in a, in a, in a, a challenging environment. Most of the time, grateful for my career. It was amazing, amazing opportunities. And so many things that I learned that I get to bring into my own opportunities now, which is, which is incredible. I wanted her to see the soft side of me and I wanted her to be involved. And I wanted to make sure that she knew that she was important in what I was doing. So from the beginning, I mean, even before I started with Pampered Chef, I, the, I have a picture of her when she was a tiny baby and I rolled her into the kitchen to make banana bread. She's always been exposed <laughs> To what's happening in the kitchen. And because of it, you know, two things. One is she will eat pretty much anything because she will try it. And two is she is curious and she is creative to figure out how to want to make things by herself and to think. Um, one of the challenges we have with, with parenting today is there's so many things that take our kids away from creativity and thinking. And I'm not just talking like, you know, the iPods or like whatever, but like just, just, you know, just like critical thinking, like what, what should I use? What should I do? Like, what's a pin? Like, you know, and she was like, oh, a pinch. And I got to tell you, it was not easy having a toddler in the kitchen. I watched back some of those videos where she would just take over. She's like a little performer. And she's like, hi, this is Jennifer Marie Palfini with Pamper Chef. I'm like, no, you're Adriana. Oh. You're not Jennifer. And she would do like her mini show though. while I'd be doing mine. But I mean, her <laughs> comfort in the kitchen is just wonderful to watch. She knows how to use different products that I feel safe with her using. She likes to be involved. She wants to help make eggs, you know, and, and it really is that it really is opened up her creativity to, to I believe, think differently, too, because um, as older parents, we might not be the parents that play on the floor with her all day, but we're practical in what we do with her. And kitchen is practicality because you are actually creating beautiful things that you are sharing with other people. And she loved her number one favorite thing too, is to go to a restaurant. Like she loves the experience of entertaining with food. And um, that as a parent makes me feel, you know, really, really grateful that she actually gets that for me instead of, you know, the hardcore person I was in business. Um, and she gets to watch me run my businesses and she understands that, mommy's going to business meeting. Like, you know, she's like, are you going to it's like, she understands like what we're doing, but I think she also understands that we're doing it for ourselves, which makes a really big difference in how she perceives how she will work in the world too. Um, and that's a game changer for me as a mom, I feel like. So I'd love you to share your website and how we can get a hold of you. So we sure. want to make sure that's out there. So share your website. Sure. My website is jenmariecuisine.com. And if you Google Jen Marie Cuisine, you're going to find my um, my Pampered Chef website. You'll find my YouTube. Um, you'll find my Instagram. I'm on all those things. I do videos all the time on YouTube. I don't have a custom URL for YouTube, but if you Google Jen Marie Cuisine, you'll get that. And it's J-E-N-N and then Marie and then Cuisine. Um, yeah, that's how you can find me. I'm definitely out there and I'm definitely very... I might seem a little pa polished and pampered today, but you'll see me in my glasses with my hair curly, with no makeup. I like that. Bun. I mean, but that, but you know what? Creativity is messy and the kitchen is real. And one thing I learned cooking live and doing all the things that I do in the kitchen is that this image that we've projected of perfection in the kitchen and following the recipe exactly strips us of the joy in the kitchen. So you want to have joy in the kitchen. You focus on what makes your family happy, what they like to eat, and what you enjoy making. 
And don't worry about the mess. You'll always be able to clean up the mess, but you will never get back that time to create that mealtime memory with your family. Sitting down at the table is becoming more and more important than ever today. And when you make that meal and you share that and you break that bread with your family, your friends and entertaining, it makes a difference. The conversations change, the pace slows, and you can focus on what's really important to you and matters in your life. And that's what I love about the joy of the kitchen. You know what? I got to tell you, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you so much. And next week, I'm going to have Yvonne Murphy, and she's her guest is a senior development officer of Renowned Health. So I'm excited to be back next week. It's about time to have a city talk. And thank you, Jen. Oh, Grandma thank B. Thank you. Misha.